And now it's time for the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, on ESPN UP. Here's your host, Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. I'm Blake Froling. Got Charlie Bremer in studio with me, so you can give us a call, 906 226 4570. We'll talk some order shore again. Uh, later in the show with Nikki DeWall. That's going to be on Saturday. Well, Blake, you're going to gonna throw your training wheels on? Give her a go? Thought about it. Thought about it? I don't want to hurt the other people in the race. You know how you, like in the Tour de France, when one guy goes down and then it's just, <laughs> as everybody else goes down? I feel like that would happen with me. It's like dominoes. That's great. It so, is like dominoes. I don't want to hurt all the families out there. Well, you'll get, it's like people who watch NASCAR, they're waiting for that big wreck. I think it's a little bit different. You'd with this. give them their wreck. Yeah. Just put on your knee pads. Good to go. Yeah. I probably, I don't even know if I have a bike helmet. Probably should. Just be like me and have a thick skull. There you go. That that definitely works, right? So we'll talk some of that. ESPN UP is a sponsor of the Order Shores, so you have to go out there now. I will be there announcing the finishers from 1130 to to be determined. Are, are you going to be firing the gun? No, I wish. I kind of, I should have negotiated that in my deal. Just take your little cap gun. If I had one, maybe I'll just. I'll hook you up, Blake. Okay, I would love to be the starter. I am the I'm the closer here. All right, so I announce you when you get over the finish line. If you get over the finish line, wouldn't that that be a lot of fun? Take you have mm-hmm. a little cap gun. Yeah. And then they all just they're waiting. They're all all eyes on you, man, mm-hmm. for five seconds. It's a lot of power. It is. It would, it would go straight to my head, no doubt. So we'll have that coming up. Uh, we are also going to talk some Michigan State football. They had their media day yesterday. Might, I'm not going to make any promises, but we might get a call from an old friend coming back to talk to us who was at Michigan State's media day. We'll also talk those Vegas over-unders since you're a Bucks fan, Charlie. We'll get your, your, your Bucks take. I keep hearing uh, in your little promos for the show you know, the over-under win totals for the Pistons. Oh, what team's most likely to get to 10 wins, Michigan, Michigan State, or the Lions? I got two teams that are going to get to 10 wins, put it in the bank, earn some interest. What are they? Let's hear them. Packers. Okay. Badgers. Yeah, well, it helps when you play in the Cupcake League, where you don't even, you just show up and you win 10 games. Doesn't matter what league you're dominating, as long as you're dominating. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's start first with some baseball, because you're a baseball guy. I uh, love that. We I love to hear that. Yeah, you're you're the baseball guy. I love that. Everybody has their kind of their niche in your baseball. I thought I was a football guy. I, I was a football player. I never was much of a baseball player, and now I'm a I'm baseball guy, though. It's That's weird okay. how that happens. Yep. Jake's kind of our football guy. I feel like everybody's a football guy. Well, uh, how... What is that supposed to mean? It means... It means uh, I'm kind of leaning towards that. I don't want to be like one of those guys that, because it's not like I was, uh, you know, played in the NFL. I was some superstar, obviously. But obviously, professional is in the word semi-pro. We just got a hyphen. That's right. all. Mm-hmm. But it's there. You're a semi-pro. Get, pro. Get that jersey on. Let's let's uh, let's have some of these guys get those pads on and. Let him get cracked a couple times by Dave Halverson, and mm. and then we'll see uh, we'll see what they have to say about football. I'd rather just rip on your Packers instead, from the comforts of a chair. I love I love when you try and rip on the Packers. Try and it's rip like on them? it's like me with that DH debate. It's like you just got wrecked. Yeah, you don't stand a chance. Except it's, I didn't get wrecked. Well, you will. Okay. You keep you keep you watch yourself, check yourself, because. You keep ripping on the Packers, it's going to be too easy. I just try to get a reaction from people. Isn't that what a sports talk guy is supposed to do? Just uh, get a reaction from everybody? That's true. So I, that's that, what I do. That get a, get a good react. But you're supposed to be informative. I am. I back up all my opinions. I'm not just spewing well, nonsense. When you're, the way you cut on the Packers, it's getting pretty close to nonsense. Really? Name one thing I said that was nonsense. Um, pretty much everything you, don't even you say know. when you can see, that's one of those deals when you're like arguing with somebody, you know, arguing with your girlfriend. Oh, well, what, when, when did that happen? You know? And it's like, well, you can't remember the time. You can't remember the day. You just mm. know that it happened. Okay. 
likely story. It's not not that we not that arguing with you is like arguing with my girlfriend. It kind of sounds like it sometimes. <laughs> I got I think I started to get a little weird with that. Yeah. Let's bring it back to baseball. Let's do that. All right. Quickly. So we didn't get to it yesterday. But Mike Fires, pitcher for the Tigers, was traded to the Oakland Athletics. Good deal. For real, because we got teased with it last week. It was official now. Tigers will get two players to be named later. You wonder, well, is that really good? It's better it than nothing. It is. That's fantastic. Because he was signed in the offseason for one reason, to get traded and bring in prospects. And if you look at the Tigers – did they really have that much leverage? Because teams know, well, if they don't trade fires, he's just going to walk in free agency. So, And they know the Tigers are desperate for prospects, so it was tough to bargain with. So I think two players to be named later is better than apparently what they were going to get last week, which was just one prospect. Because at this point, if you're the Tigers, you need quantity and just hope that someone hits. Because the farm system, as great as everybody – Excited as everybody is for a guy like Casey Mize, you still need more depth in the farm system. This trade is not going to solve all the problems, but it's at least a little step in the right direction. Um, nobody likes a tease unless it ends up a week later happening. Yeah. Also, so. Al Avila gave credit to Anthony Fenich, the writer who said that the trade was close last week and then had to backtrack. He said that he was actually right, that it was close. So gave him some vindication. Man, that's got to be nice mm-hmm. as a journalist, a broadcaster, whatever your profession, to have a general manager of the team you're coming out. Yeah. Oh, you're doing a good job. Yeah, you were right on. Well, yeah, because he got put on blast. He was put on freezing cold takes on Twitter because he said he was told they were close to a deal, and then he had to say they weren't. So it was a bad look for him. Got some vindication. He's, yep. New day. Mm-hmm. So the Tigers traded two of their three veteran free agent signings. They traded Leonis Martin at the deadline. Now fires. Now left is Liriano. And if Alavila can spin anything for Francisco Liriano, then he has done his job. And I would be elated. If you, it doesn't even matter who they get. As long as it's not just cash considerations. Just get his contract off the books and allow his roster spot to be filled by one of these younger guys. The second part, that's the key. That That is worth more. That, to me, that's worth more in this Fires deal than anything the Tigers get back mm-hmm. is uh, the innings that it gives to these younger guys. Right. He's been one of the more consistent guys in the rotation, and that's great. Yikes. But Yikes. You don't need him. I okay. You know what happened with the 2014 Milwaukee Brewers? Mike Fires was at one time the Brewers, one of their more consistent pitchers. They turned out to be one of the. I mean, they looked like a great team, and ended up they were in first place, 150 games, and didn't even end up making the playoffs that year. Just completely Yikes. fell apart. So um, that's Mike Fires. So you just and, don't like him anymore. I mean. Well, I never did really like mm-hmm. Mike Fires. Just, just what he throws, uh, it's he doesn't mix up his pitches up enough. Apparently, he was doing better job of that this year. But you could really see, you can really tell watching hitters when when they can sit on a pitch and when they're sitting on a pitch. And uh, he's that type of he's that type of pitcher. His his stuff isn't good enough. Guys know what's coming, and they sit on a certain pitch, and they can he's Man, they just they crush him. If is he the most average pitcher right now in the MLB? That's having success. Yeah, I mean, if his Certainly. name wasn't Fires, he would be the most forgettable player, maybe in in baseball. I mean, in the fact he, he's a right-hander, the fact if he was a lefty, oh, then his would value have, would skyrocket. Exactly, but that being a righty and throwing like that, there are literally. I'm sure you could go around the countries to these, to these uh, beer league softball. Okay, there are okay. guys out there in their 40s getting out of work, going, putting on a jersey, throwing a hardball better than him, Come on. harder and probably more consistently. Then why aren't they in the league? Because they got families. Oh, they that's why. Injuries. They don't whatever. want to make millions of dollars. You know, they'd rather do a nine to five. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's lots of reasons. You know what's funny about this whole trade story 
is it's a full circle moment because the guy who's replacing fires on the 40 man or I don't know if it's on the 40 man but on the in the rotation Jacob Turner and he was brought up as a Tigers prospect he was one of the top prospects 2011 2012 right around then 2021 22 year old he was traded in the Anibal Sanchez Omar Infante deal and fizzled out with Miami, went to the Cubs, fizzled out with them, went to the White Sox, fizzled out with them. I think he went to one other team as well. He was with the Nationals, barely pitched for them, back with Miami last year. So he does all that, then signs with the Tigers on a minor league deal. Now he's starting for them. Isn't that funny how um, that just goes to show how teams, they you always say, you always hear, teams love their own guys. And... Um, the way there's a lot of you hear stories about that constantly how players go full circle like that um even like Giovanni Gallardo this spring with the Brewers he almost made the team mm-hmm. um actually with with all their starting pitching injuries I, I could have used him I was always worried uh in in early July late June that the Brewers were going to be like oh they <laughs> thank goodness they didn't go that route um in like Jeremy Jeffress there, there's many teams on the Brewers right now that have left, found zero success, two, three other teams, and are back mm-hmm. or tried to make a comeback. And that's, you know, we were talking about Alfredo Simone last week, I oh. believe, and how he went full circle, you know, with the Reds. Uh, that This happens all the time, mm-hmm. guys going out into deeper water, not having success, coming back. Right, and what's crazy is, at least to me, that 2012 season feels like so long ago, and he's only 27, Jacob Turner. Yep. So he's still a young guy. I'm not trying to hype him up as some guy with a ton of upside, but you would think if he was traded that long ago, he'd at least be in his early, mid-30s, but he's only 27. I love to hear that. I turned 27 this spring, and man, do I feel old, but... I love to hear that when people say, oh, 27. Well, 27 in, in, in sports is your, your peak. 27, 28, 29, that's where you want to really, be. That's baseball, where you make the money. Baseball, it's 30 to 32. Well, baseball's really a little bit. the peak. Yeah, yeah I, I think it differs. But I'm saying in sports in general, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, if you combine them all, I'd say 27, 28, 29 28, is your peak. 28 to 32. 32. The best player's peak. NFL, you couldn't do 32. That's not your peak unless you're the absolute best. I'm saying the average guys are going to be at their best 27 to 29. The best, but the best of the best players, 28 to 32. Yeah, best of the best will be good forever. Those are their solid. Well, you know, I'm, I'm talking really good defensive backs, positions that rely on athleticism primarily. Those ones fizzle out faster. Not always. Mm. 30, 30, 31, 32. Well, look at a guy like Darrell Rivas. He fizzled out so fast once he hit his 30s. Well, I thought he was 33, 34 by the time he started. I thought he was older. Mm. He's definitely older than 32. Yeah, but he wasn't in his peak at 32. But there's a lot of these guys, like Ed Reed in his early 30s. Man, that guy. He's a freak. You could tell he slowed down, lost a step, but just... Man, would that ball find him. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Lots of defense, good defensive backs find their best success in their early 30s. Because sometimes. they mentally. Well, the mental got part's it. there, but sometimes that's when the physical goes and, down. But they still have enough of the physical hmm. left in the tank. Sometimes. Charles Woodson, man, he had some incredible seasons in his early 30s. Yeah, uh, there are exceptions to every rule. And uh, Jacob Turner is hoping that he can be, this is going to be his coming out party. It'd be kind of nice for the Tigers, too. And 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 also, I mean, I guess yeah, everybody is different. And I just, me personally, I feel like if I would have been still playing sports, my late twenties, early thirties would have okay. been. But you're not. Unfortunately, get get too broken. Mm-hmm. It happens. It right? does happen. So, the Brewers now, yes, they are still in the thick of everything. In the thick of it, they are the thick of it. Oh. I like that. They are the thick of it. They are, man. The Cubs are a game up on the Brewers, I believe. Maybe game and a half if they won yesterday. Um, if if I was the Cubs, I would be absolutely terrified. I'm not terrified. The Brewers have many, many ways that they are still improving, and the Cubs are the Cubs are who we thought they were. That's not a bad thing, though. Yeah, it, but 
it's it's um they've they've reached their peak i believe as at least this team how it's currently put together now and you don't want to be reaching your peak end of july early august you want to be peaking in the middle end of september and the way the schedule pans out um the brewers going into the break the all-star break they played 21 games in 20 days coming out of it they played 17 games in a row 17 days and now uh i believe for the last six weeks of the season they have every thursday off wow have you ever heard of a schedule like that me neither why wouldn't you spread that out well it is spread out it's one day a week for six weeks. Yeah, but there's a lot of times where teams will go two or three weeks without that day off, and then now it's all at once, like they, you just mentioned. And um, it was strange to look at the schedule early in the year, but with this young team like this, and Craig Council talked about it extensively, if they could get through this stretch, and really the 17-game stretch that they just went through after the All-Star break, if they could get through that stretch around 500, he thought that they would be in a great position for the last third of the season, and uh, look what they've done. This last 17-game stretch, they were phenomenal. I believe they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. But if I'm the Cubs, I don't know if I'm exactly afraid of the Brewers. I would be I, respe- I respect them, and they are definitely a threat to the Cubs. But I don't think Milwaukee has proven yet that they can consistently be in the lead, be a threat to finish, because they haven't finished. That that was the big deal. They were good in the regular season last year. Up until last couple weeks, month or two, they couldn't finish. And they need to prove that they can finish to make the Cubs scared. With with the bullpen the Brewers have, uh, and adding Mike Moscow, Mike Mustakis, Jonathan Scope, this lineup, their lineup uh, looks great on paper. It, Let's see what they can do when they're in the pennant race. It's um, it's man, is that a deep lineup? It's just I've never. Obviously, it's the best Brewers lineup I think they've ever had in the history of the team by far. Well, I, I guess you could really... That's a bold the, the statement. 80, the 82 team was phenomenal, um, but they didn't have uh, the pitching depth that this team has. But anyways, uh, I just really believe the Brewers have a lot of improvement yet to be had this season, and the Cubs are where they're going to be. So, But that's not a guarantee that the Brewers are going to get to that point, is what I'm saying. It's, it's the intangibles at this point. A lineup can look great in August, but baseball is a funny game. Sometimes weird things happen in September. You just mentioned the 2014 team that collapsed. I've seen plenty of Tigers teams look great on paper, collapse at the end. Sometimes it just happens, and the Brewers need to prove to me that they can finish before I would go to, as far to say as the Cubs are scared of them. The Brewers teams in the past that have collapsed were teams built on power offense with guys around guys that strike out a lot. And um, obviously Jonathan Scope, he's, uh, he's a bit of a strikeout machine. Um, but Mike Moustakis, I was really hoping the Brewers were going to add the second baseman from the Royals. Uh, the guy's a late bloomer. Whit Merrifield? Whit Merrifield, yes. Because um, he does not strike out. I mean, he's just got power to the gaps. He's just a doubles machine. And defensively, he's a lot more. You can play him in the outfield mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I bet the Royals wanted too much for him. He's got some. He's got extensive club right. control. Um, but I these guys that the Brewers did add, as far as Moustakis, uh, on Sunday against the Rockies, uh, they started Shaw at first, Moustakis at third, and then RC and Scope in the middle. Wow, what an infield. How do you? How would you assess how that shuffling around with guys moving all over, how has that been working? I know it's been I've a been pretty surprised. small sample. But. I've been surprised. Shaw hasn't made an error yet at second. Um, turn and double plays, you can tell he's a little slower, but he's getting it done. And with the way the Brewers shift their defenses, um, they're really putting these guys in position to succeed defensively. Um, and obviously their outfield is so good. It, and, and they've always got really strong arms uh, behind the backstop. It's Eric Kratz has got his average up to about 250 now. This infield is really starting to... 
I, I'm I'm just really personally surprised at the improvement I've I've seen. I did not think that they were going to be able to pull off this type of improvement mid-season, and they have. And now and, they just need to finish. And I just really, if Jimmy Nelson can come back and and give any type of be anything close to what I'm he skeptical. was last year in September, see that's what I'm talking about. The, the team currently the way it is, they're already going to give the Cubs a run for their money. Yes. There are so many different ways. I could literally sit here the next 40 minutes of this show and go through all the different things that could potentially happen for improvement. And you got to bet you could put it in the bank and earn some interest that two or three of those things are going to happen. Well, yeah, if you throw the, 30 out of them. Out of the dozens, yeah. And, Anybody can and do that, that. And that's all that's got to happen, and this team is going to – and that'll be the next step they have to take. I'm not saying they're going to – I really was not expecting them to make the playoffs a few weeks ago. Wasn't expecting, I know. You like were, I you said. S- you sounded kind of dejected, but you accepted it. Well, and, and I was almost hoping they wouldn't make the playoffs oh, this yeah, year. Oh, yeah, because you had the foolish thought that they were still rebuilding. Because then, well, they're still building. Not They're not rebuilding. rebuilding. Now they're still building off of what they've – the foundation they've laid. They're building – Man, they got a two-story house. They're turning it into a three-story house. They just keep going higher and higher. I, I'm so surprised at the moves this team can make um, mid-season without mortgaging their future. It's been, it's been phenomenal, and 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 you really wonder why other teams aren't following that same model. It's strange to me. The reason why I say I feel like the Cubs need to be scared of I think they are really nope. nervous by the Brewers. Scared is a strong how, word. How nervous they traded for Cole Hamels and are gonna throw him out every fifth day. Are you kidding me? They couldn't do better than that. They I firmly believe there's got to be somebody in the Cubs farm system that they could have called up that would have gave them better than a four and a half ERA the rest of the season. That's what they're going to get out of Cole Hamels. That's what he's been giving Mm -hmm. for the last several years now. I cannot believe you would think that they would have at least got a lefty. They're they're just throwing out Cole Hamels. They're going with the playoff experience. I cannot believe that they did that. Mm -hmm. And, some of these moves that they're making, I'm like, wow, they're desperate. They might be. They are. And you know why they're desperate? It's because the Brewers are right on their tail. Okay. When we come back, we've got some biking. Order Shore, Mountain Bike Epic. It's coming on Saturday. We're sponsoring it. Part, we're one of the sponsors. We'll talk with Nikki DeWald, get some more info. Yep. Get that uh, speedy bike suit on. Right. That yeah. helmet. Super, the, the tights. The pointy helmet. Mm-hmm. The training wheels. Little, I can ride a bike. The honk. I can ride a bike. The what? Do you do you go with those little horns? No, I don't are you horn. a bring bring? I'm more of a get out the way kind of guy. I don't see you yelling at anybody. <laughs> That's coming up next here on the Sports Pen. Summer is here. Now is the time to hit the road and go to camp, the lake, or away for a long weekend. UP Catholic Credit Union wants to make it easier for you by offering two percent cash back on all gas purchases while still paying 1% cash back on all other purchases. Don't have a credit card with us yet? Anyone who lives, works, or worships in the UP is eligible. Just stop by any branch or go online to upccu.com to apply. Fill up your gas tank and get 2% cash back with UP Catholic Credit Union. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us here on the Sports Pen. Blake Froling here with you. We are now joined by Nikki DeWald. She's back. She was on last week talking about the Order Shore Mountain Bike Epic. We've got another update for you. It's this Saturday. I'm sure things are getting even more hectic for you guys. You're preparing for things. Things are turning out quite well this year, I do have to say. So I'm very excited that you invited us back mm-hmm. on. So thank you to ESPN for helping us share what the Order Shore is all about. Mm-hmm. So if you missed it, Last week, just give a brief recap of what the race is for people who haven't weren't listening this week, have never heard of the Order Shore. The Upper Peninsula Health System Order Shore Mountain Bike Epic is in its 19th year, and what it is is a series of races that are very family friendly as well as 
professional friendly, um, starting at a 48 mile, a 28 mile, a 10 mile. We have a four mile, and then we have two little kids races. One's called the Lilith Rock, and that's 50 yards, and then the Little Rock is one mile. I think I could do the 50-yard race. That you seems could. right about my speed. Now, you also mentioned professionals, too, and I understand you have some coming back from previous races. Yeah. What's very exciting about uh, this year's race is we might be on the verge of breaking a record with registration. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2013, we hit um, 2,499, oh. and I'm hoping that we can get over 2,500 this year. Um, we're at ni- over 19,000 registered racers right now. We can expect at least 500 kiddos signing up, and they're always the last-minute sign-up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then the pro racers, basically for the 48-mile, every single person that racer that won in the top 10 last year in the 48-mile are returning mm. to either keep their title or to push farther ahead. Mm-hmm. Try to take the title, dethrone. Take the title, right? yes, yes. Do you have to be a professional to be able to hang in that race? No, not at all. Um, what we do give is preferred starts to the first 100 racers that do come back. And then if you're a pro or you're racing frequently, we ask for a race resume in order to get a preferred start. And then we have a certain area where those fast people mm-hmm. go, so then they lead out the pack. Right. So if they had someone like me in front of them, they wouldn't be getting all mad at me trying to knock me over. They're just they're just able to go on their own. Correct. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Nikki DeWald from the Order Shore Mountain Bike Epic. Uh, you also uh, need some more volunteers, I understand. What were some of the positions they can help out at? Yeah, volunteers are the number one thing that uh, we have that I hear over and over from racers that they love is they love the market community and how we all get together and volunteer and how everybody is so friendly. So I'm looking for some friendly faces out Mm -hmm. there to come help at the finish line mostly. And that's the coolest place. So looking for people to help with the bike corral. And that's where basically after a racer crosses the finish line, they can get a drink. They bring their bike over to the bike corral. They get a ticket. Their bike goes away into a secure area and then when they go change their clothes or whatever hang out they can go back and pick their bike back up so Mm -hmm. i definitely need volunteers there i need some backup timers they would be right next to you maybe that's right get to meet me you're helping Mm -hmm. uh doing the announcing and that's just uh writing down numbers as they come across the line so you're really close in there and then aid station that's always a fun place as well all ages most of these jobs, all ages, um, last year at our bike corral, I had one family do it mm. for the day, and it was a delight. We offer lunch, and we also offer a volunteer T-shirt that's sponsored by Northern. Nice. All right. So make sure you get out there. If people are listening, they want to help out, how do they get involved? They can call the Order Shore race number, and they could go online to ordershore.com. And go to our news page, and the volunteer sign-up is there. Mm-hmm. Now, you also mentioned families and, and how a lot of families race in this. And there's also a competition for families for their times. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Well, we do something fun with the Order Shore, and we call it the Fastest Family. And this year, it's sponsored by Komatsu. And basically, what we do is any family with three or more immediate family members, and they have to live in the same house, can sign up, and it's the 4-mile, the 10-mile, 28, and 48, and we'll take all those times and combine them, do some magic, and then it spits out our fastest family, and we give a cash prize up to fifth fifth place Mm. for this fastest family. So it's anywhere, you could win anywhere from $200 to $40. And I tell you what, if I was any of those families, I'd be going out to eat going out to dinner after that right i'd be training right now too getting ready for that correct mm-hmm. so we're talking with nikki dewald from the order shore mountain bike epic again it's this saturday positions are they still open for people to register if they want to to join yes the registration is open until nine thirty on friday night you can come on down to lakeview arena and basically you can sign up there 
We have that time set aside for everybody to pick up their racer bags, their racer plates. We also have vendors and sponsors there, so it's a, it's a fun little party. Mm-hmm. So how many more, again, do we need to get to the actual record? Because we want to break the record, and we want to help you do it. How close are we again? We need about 600, and I'm pretty confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if families out there, if you have some kiddos that want to get involved and see what the race is like, the 50-yard and the one-mile are super easy. We allow parents to ride along with them on the one mile. Um, and, yeah, we, we have a possibility of getting about 500 kids. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we hope we can get you there. Hope everybody in Marquette County listening, even if you're – you don't even have to be a professional biker, right? People just do this, just kind of walk out. I think my predecessor, Ryan, did one of these races too, and he was never an avid biker, and he was able to do it just fine as well. Yeah, I mean, it's very family-friendly race, um, races for all types and skill levels. Mm-hmm. Well, Nikki, was there anything else you wanted to tell the good people, Marquette, before we let you go? Well, just looking for volunteers. We'd love to see your fi- smiling face, and um, we have really great volunteer T-shirts this year. All right, well, make sure you get those T-shirts. I think I had one super soft. Love it. Yeah. Thanks again, Nikki, for coming in. Thank you. I want to thank Nikki for joining us here on the sports pen you guys can give us a call 906-226-4570 you biker i feel like i've asked you this before anything with an engine all right it's it. not an engine your feet your legs are the engine i thought bikers you just said am i a biker well we're talking about the mountain bike epic you're not going to roll up here with a motorcycle you know they make those little two-stroke engines you just add some uh, an extra set of spokes on the other Cheating. side here yeah well didn't people Again, in the Tour de France, get caught with like little tiny engines or whatever it was on their bikes to help I have no them. idea. All I know is that yeah. they were juicing. What's well, that worse? Too. What's worse? Juicing or having a little two-stroke 49cc engine on your bike hidden? I feel like the engine would help you more because you can just kind of coast. Whereas you're still doing the work even though you cheated to get that strong and get that endurance – I don't know. Both are bad. Well, don't do it. I think, yeah, the the with how fast those bikers are going, I think the juicing is probably more cheating because those little forty nine cc engines aren't going to help you as much. Well, it's not supposed to just propel you completely. It it's what just helps you. Yeah, like if you're going you, uphill, helps you or, get up the hill. Yeah, things like that. So don't do that if you're in the order shore. Don't no. Don't be a cheater. No. By the way, while we're on the topic of plugging things. This Saturday, noon, everybody listening needs to tune back into ESPN-UP, especially if you're a high school football fan because we have our Marquette County football preview show. Coaches from Marquette, Westwood, Ishwaming, Nagani, Gwen, they're all going to be on there, presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union. We're going to air it, I believe, five times between Saturday and the beginning of the season, which is the 24th, the Friday. So listen I went to Ishming, talked to Jeff Olson today, talked to Dion Brown at Gwynn. We'll have some videos coming, very exciting stuff. So make sure you tune in Saturday at noon. We'll have the full schedule out so you can check on it. We'll post it online if you missed it. I will make it impossible for anybody who wants to listen to not, not be able to figure it out. So is it really that imperative that we tune in at noon? Because you just said it's going to be on five more times. You're killing me. You want to hear it the first time. Do, Don't you? Is it better? Yeah. It, it's Well, personally, I should probably hear it three or four times because so then I can have a, you know, piece it together. There you, go. you know, it's like those movie theaters that have second run movies where they came out maybe 6 months ago. If you go there, even if you haven't seen the movie, sure it's nice, but it's just not the same as going on the premiere night. So think I of think Saturday is. as the premiere night. You're not helping me out, Charlie. Well, we always had the in, – in River Falls where I grew up – well, one of the places I grew up, um, we had one of them little theaters. It was $3 to go to a movie. But, yeah, the movie had already probably been out for two or three months. But I would just wait till the movie was in River Falls, and then I'd go. And it was new to me. I okay. didn't care. Think about this then. Is it more fun to watch – a Packers game live, or wait a day, even if you don't know the score, and then watch it. The reason why it's better to watch it live is you have because to sit through the commercials. We have Either Packer parties that. out at Greg Hardy, 
throws the best Packer party you ever been to. Even Lions no fans, parties we do. have Lions fans to our Packer parties, and they they love it. Not me. And um, Greg is like super computer guy, and he does all these little things, and he can get the radio. So we get Larry and Wayne. Well, Wayne and Larry. Synced up with the TV, ah. so we don't have any of this Troy Aikman talking about the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. nonsense. That's smart. And we get Larry, and and so on. It's synced up with the TV right when Rogers will be throwing the ball. Then Larry will go, yes, like he does in the background. And oh man, it just makes the game so much better. So yes, then you got to watch it live. See, that's that's what it's going to be like for people listening to the coaches show because nobody we can't wait for football but so you want to hear it right away but the coaches show is pre-recorded so it's not even live anyways just go with it okay you want to listen saturday at I noon do. why would you per why I would do. you purposely wait i do want to listen when you could watch it or listen to it wow saturday i do want to listen saturday at noon but am i going to be out of bed at saturday on saturday you don't have to noon? be because we have the ESPN UP app. I'm so glad you said that. Available for free on iPhone and Android. Uh, once you get your phone fixed, we don't have one for flip phones yet. We're working on it, but get the app. That Why would way, you work on something for flip phones? I think that no, I don't think that's a that's you shouldn't do that. No, that's old. My dad has a flip phone. Lots he of people's it. dads have flip phones. They love it. He he will not. He will refuse to get rid of it my, until they are unable to be acquired. My in the world. dad. Will not have a cell phone. He used to have one. Just won't have one, period. Will not have a cell phone. He likes his, uh, well, gee, I don't know if you want to call it, it's not a privacy thing. Independence? He likes, if you want to get a hold of Phil Brammer, you drive out and see him. He doesn't want you bugging him all the time. That's, well, yeah. There we go. That's the real story. So when, yeah, in the wintertime when I go in the ditch... I got to call my neighbor, Greg. Mm-hmm. My dad doesn't have a cell phone. Greg comes and helps me. There you go. True story. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. When we come back, we will talk some basketball. We'll talk some Michigan State football. Maybe, just maybe, get a call from an old friend. I guarantee you, if Blake's talking Michigan State football, I'll I'll uh, I'll get some badgers thrown in there. I'm sure you will. It'll get mentioned. That's fine. That's it's going to okay. get mentioned. As long as you can back up your your silly takes. Well, they back it up for me. Uh, okay. Orange Bowl. We'll be back. ESPN-UP is your home for Westwood High School Sports. You can catch every single second of football, boys basketball, and girls basketball throughout the 2018-2019 season. It all gets underway Friday, August 24th, when the Patriots head to Houghton to take on the Gremlins. Westwood High School Sports, the Patriots play on ESPN-UP. 93.3 FM, AM 970, online at ESPNUP.com and on the ESPN-UP app. Now let me tell you about the first fish fry that took place less than 50 yards from the front door of the Carp River Saloon. One day the three toads feed waited across the river with his weekly provisions. A sack of flour, a bag of fish, a basket of eggs, and a pot of oil. Well, Speed tripped on a log and everything went flying. The pot landed in the fire. Everything else landed in the pot. Now Speed said it was messy but tasty. Uh, the Friday fish fry at the Carp River Saloon at Marquette Mountain, where things are always looking up. Open daily at noon. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Got locked in. I'm leaning to the sports pen. Well, I'm leaning back so far. I can't. The microphone's not picking me up. Oh, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Got Charlie Bremer in studio with me. You're the one that had me in here. Yeah, has has me on yeah, here. That's that is my fault. I'm sorry. Give us a call nine zero six two two six four five seven zero. Yeah, come on, Bill. Anybody. Maybe Bill or... Everybody named Bill listening just got put on the hot seat. Yep. Because you're not going to say which Bill. So not going to say which Bill. There could be several Bills being like, man, I should call. You know what? I have a feeling there's probably a lot of Bills out there. It's a good name. My dad's name's Bill. He there could be go. listening. There you go. Hi, Dad. But Bill knows what Bill we're talking about. Okay. And uh, Now the Bills are really confused. Maybe he'll give us a call, give us a re- recap on mm-hmm. what he's 
cramming in his pipe today? Who yeah, knows we what, don't need that. Who knows what Bill will talk about? Maybe we could talk about an actual topic here, and then he'll have something to talk about. That sounds good. How about Michigan State football? They had their media day yesterday. How about Wisconsin Badgers football? Let's talk about the relevant team first, then we'll get to the Badgers. What are the Badgers ranked preseason rankings? Preseason rankings mean nothing. Oh, we all know that. So it, it doesn't yeah, mean uh, anything uh, 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 unless anything. Michigan State's ranked no, ahead of the no, Badgers, no, 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 which no. they're not. I'm not one of those guys who cherry-picks arguments. If I think something doesn't mean something, it doesn't mean something. Well, then, what are you basing Michigan State's relevancy on? Because as of Just what, as a program. It's just relevant. because, just I mean, relevant. winning the Orange Bowl makes you pretty relevant. Holiday Bowl is nice. We play in the real division. I thought, I thought they were Motor City Bowl. No, that's more Michigan speed. Or Music City Bowl. Nope, that's not it. So anyway, uh, the big it. news, bad news for the Spartans, Josiah Scott, sophomore cornerback, started, I believe, every single game last year as a true freshman, oh. out for... About two months, according to D'Antonio. Wouldn't say what the injury was, because he never says anything. Uh, he said it did come in a non-contact situation, which scares me, because those injuries usually seem worse if they just kind of happen. Could have just rolled an ankle. Yeah, but you wouldn't be out two months with a rolled ankle. Yeah. Blake, have Maybe you, you really, have you really, really rolled yes, an ankle? I have. People who know me know I have the weakest ankles. My ankles have been rolled so many times. It's like uh, laundry flapping in the breeze is how loose my ankles yeah. are. They're terrible. Well, we're talking about Josiah Scott's. We're he's not, we're not got, sure if it's his ankles. He's probably got better ankles than us. Probably, yeah. He was Big Ten all-freshman team as the corner. Uh, one of the top freshman defensive players in the country. So he'll be a big loss for the next two months. So... October, beginning of October possibly could be when he comes back. This three or four games or so kind of helps now that they have the bye so early in the season. So one week he misses. Also, a weird situation with him because he got a targeting penalty in the Holiday Bowl. So he has to sit out the first half of the first game he plays Ridiculous. in. So, so some people are saying Michigan State should just say he's healthy for Utah State, dress him, even though he couldn't play. Have him serve that suspension when he wasn't going to play anyway. Is that is that allowed? Well, I I bet obviously I bet it's allowed. Um, but interestingly enough, does that seem like something the Michigan State program would? They're trying to get. No, they wouldn't do that. They're trying to be. They're high. In, they they do things the right way. Yeah, the the they're that that's a school trying to get on people's good side. So they're not trying to be too sneaky yeah they're not going to do that but i'm just saying i mean you might as well how do they know you know i'm just glad david backyard is going to be back for week one you just do not want to talk about michigan state do you i don't think anybody does except for you (sighs) okay are we going to preview the packers lions game that's been like a two-week thing we have been putting that off let's just do it right now do it right now all right do it do it we last week we were going to do our NFL preview series part whatever and part whatever I rambled on you made us run out of time rambling man happens a lot so we couldn't get to it so I guess we can get to it now that would be game five for the Lions I think it's game five or six for the Packers it's game five okay it's at Detroit this first one October 7th and you said put in the bank with interest. Is that what you say? It's our yep. Put it in the bank, earn some interest. Yeah, that the Packers are going to win. Well, of Why? course. Why? Because they're the better team. That's it. They have the better players. Does the better team always win? Better coaches. Does the better team always win? Well, no. More times than not, and that's why the Packers have won more times than not. Yeah. Well, the Lions have also lost when they've been the better team too. So don't forget that. Well, that's just what the Lions do. They lose. It can be a weird rivalry sometimes. I'm just saying. It's just weird. Usually the Lions lose. Sometimes they win when they shouldn't. Sometimes they lose when they shouldn't. Even if the Lions beat the Packers, they'll lose to some other teams they shouldn't lose to. I agree. That's not even trash talk. It's just stating a fact. Facts. ESPN matchup predictor gives the Packers a 51.3% chance to win. That's it? Yep. Lions at 48.3%. Absurd. 0.4% 0.4% chance of a tie. 
That might be the worst. I think it's just those are some absurd numbers. See, I wasn't ready to make my pick here because this is a big deal. And you just sprung this on me? You want me to make a pick? Well, really, we started talking about this two weeks ago, so you kind of had time to mentally prepare. I know, but I didn't. This is always the toughest game for me to predict for the reasons I say it because it's such a weird rivalry. Nothing goes the way it should for the Lions, good or bad, when the Packers come to town. So I, I mean, probably going to lose, but there you go. I wouldn't be surprised if they win, so that's why it's a 51-48 thing right now. Okay. Well, what's your score? What do you got? Tell me. How is this going down? Who's having a big day? I think both quarterbacks have big days. Well, of course. Here's my hot take. Both quarterbacks throw for 400 yards. Okay. Because the Packers secondary will need some time to gel. Everybody's saying, oh, you're just throwing a bunch of rookies. They're going to be great. From week one. Yeah, Tremont, that, that always works. Tremont Williams ain't a rookie. Yeah, just get some washed up guy to come in. Washed That'll up. That'll work. Washed up. I'm just saying. He, pro pa- football focus listen, had him ranked as one of listen, the better cornerbacks in listen, the NFL last year. Listen. It's not washed up. Listen. The Packers defense was bad last year, all right? What do they do? They bring in rookies and a new coach, and all of a sudden it's supposed to be great? No, they brought in other guys. You, I, I just need to see it before I can believe it. That's all. Tremont I'm giving Williams, them a chance. Right? But everybody's just anointing them as like the next great defense all of a sudden, no, just because they are, Jair Alexander makes an interception they, in practice. They are going to. This defense is going to be a lot like the defense in 2010, that where, and the 2011 defense, which wasn't as good, obviously. Um, they're going to give up a lot of big plays, but unlike the last few years, they're going to make a lot of big plays. They're going to get picks. They're going to give up a lot of yards. They're going to get picks. Get Rodgers the ball back, and that's going to be enough because that defensive line, their front seven, is probably the best since the 90s. And they've been good against the run for several years now, and this year they are going to have one of the best. As far as a 3-4 front, they're going to have what I see as the best 3-4 front in football, and um, they're going to be devastating against the run. Teams the are going to pass. Three, front in football? De- yep. Oh, certainly. Kenny Clark is pro bowler. That's not even a hot take. That's just, he's 22 years old, and it's his third year in the NFL. Have you seen the guys that the L.A. Rams are stocking up on right now? Do you have Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue on your defensive line? If Aaron Donald ever shows up. Do the Rams play a 3-4 or 4-3? I don't know. I'm just saying front seven. Who's their defensive coordinator? Isn't it Wade Phillips? Wade Phillips. He's 3-4 guy, isn't he? Boom. I don't know. I don't don't even know. I'm just talking front seven. Make it easy, all right? 3-4, 4-3. I don't care. What's a big difference? (sighs) You're complicating things. Well, okay. The Packers are going to have one of the best... Three or four fronts in all of football. I just want to see them prove it before I anoint them. That's all. Okay, I'm not giving them credit for doing nothing. That's fine. Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson. If you got, a, if you have, are you? If you're throwing a three-four on paper, front, that's great. But out, out in, they've had injury concerns and consistency concerns. You talk about guys. There are not. Oh man, I just my head is starting to spin here. I, I just get so excited thinking about it. Mike Daniels can take anybody, any interior offensive mm-hmm. lineman one-on-one. Yes, he can. So there's a double team. Muhammad Wilkerson can take any interior offensive lineman in the NFL one-on-one. When he wants to. When he wants to. We've talked extensively about how I feel. Off off the radio, off air, we talked the other day about how I feel about Muhammad Wilkerson and why his production dropped off. Did we? Yes. Yes, it's probably did. one of the times I tuned you out. Well, every time, yes. And and Kenny Clark, man, and 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 the Packers have a fairly decent rotation. The other night at family night, Montrevious Adams looked I mean, he couldn't have looked better. So he looked great at practice. He looked so fantastic. he's all of a sudden ready to break he, out Pro Bowl. He was a third round pick. Didn't play at all last Auburn. season. Yeah, foot injury. Mm-hmm. But there are guys, Dean Lowry. Six six, what is he? Three hundred twenty pounds. 
They have guys on that defensive front. It's not just the starters. They're deep. And uh, whether they make the play or not, they eat up blocks, and and their linebackers are going to be flying around. I can't wait. And then Clay Matthews will be shuffling around with his walker out there trying to catch up with these guys. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't even have a comeback because you know that's true. Well, what about Nick Perry? Nick, Nick Perry's, Perry's an good. animal. The thing, the Packers' defense needs to be consistent and healthy, two things they've struggled with the past couple of years. So until I see that, I'm just going to say they, wait and see. They were consistent last year against the run. But that's half the game. They got to torch the other half. And that's what I'm saying is um, they're going to force – teams are going to be passing the ball like they always do against the Packers. Packers are going to be good against the run. Rodgers is going to get out to many leads. Teams are going to be throwing the ball, so the Packers are going to give up a lot of yards and a fair amount of points. Green Bay was 17th against the run last year. Okay. And you say that's great? Come on. Come they, on now. There were you know how it is in the NFL, Blake. They had they gave up 7 fewer yards than the Lions on the ground. Would you say the Lions had a great rushing defense? You got me, Blake. But oh. hey, but what I'm saying is they're good against the run. They're average against the run, according to these stats. <laughs> You're killing I'm me. I'm just... No, I'm... T- facts, I'm saying... Do it. I'm saying as far as um, you watch them, you watch them, and, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm sa- That's what I've been saying this whole time. I need to watch them. And see if they can live up to and, the hype. The and, hype is not, I mean, they have nothing to show for it. And, and I can't go back and give you exact statistics, obviously. But it was the first, uh, the first half of the season. They were in the top ten against the run last year. And then, you know, what this, the second half of last year, they're calling up guys like Reggie Gilbert off their practice squad. And uh, they were giving a lot of young players a chance. Many, many injuries. So they end up 17th against the run. They were better than that. Mm, technically, no, they and, weren't. Actually. And this year, they're going to give up a lot of yards passing, but they're going to make enough plays, get enough of those fourth quarter picks to make up for it. They're going to be all they got. All they have to be is anywhere in the top fifteen as far as defense, and and the Super Bowl will be well within reach for them. Okay, we've got some basketball nice. right after this. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Right now, all stock Fight Electric bulbs are on sale, plus 11% off. Save energy with Fight Electric dimmable LED vintage style bulbs. They last up to 10,000 hours. A two-pack is $5.33 after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through August 11th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Final segment here on the sports pen. Blake Froling, Charlie Bremer, with you here. Playing some catch. Yeah, I'm In a professional, studio. so I'm putting the ball down. You can't play catch while you're on the radio. I want to focus. This is sports radio. Yeah, I want to focus too. I haven't done it. I haven't. In 27 years, haven't focused yet. Nope. Maybe today, this final segment is the day. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the Vegas over-unders for the NBA. Apparently, would you take some issue with what we had to say yesterday? Because we talked about your Bucks. I didn't hear what you said about the Bucks. I heard some talk about the Pistons. Mm-hmm. You said something about their ceiling being 44 wins and their floor being 36. That sounds about right, like what I said. Every team's floor is lower than thirty six, Blake. I don't think the Pistons is. Takes a couple all it takes a couple knee injuries, buddy. Okay, well, yeah, if the entire starting five goes down with ACL injuries, game one, fine. But realistic floor. I'm not talking about catastrophic floor. Twenty eight. Apocalypse. Twenty eight. Twenty eight? Is that the floor for the Bucks too then? Yep. Wow. Okay. So the Bucks over under is forty six and a half. Would you take the over or the under? Hmm. Wow, that's a good one. I take the over. I think I can get to forty seven wins this year, for sure. It's close. It's a good one. 
I think the Bucks are one of those teams where you just kind of assume, yeah, they'll they'll be forty eight fifty wins, but then they never get there for one reason or another. Banged up during the season, Jabari Parker blows out his knee for the twentieth time, but you don't have to worry about that anymore. It just seems like there's always something every single year that holds the Bucks back. They're always the trendy. Ooh, who's going to be the the new riser in the East? Always, it's always the Bucks, and then they always fall just short of that. Who are you? Or wait, I don't know. How, how should I wear this? I don't know. Who do you have higher expectations for in the first season? Budenholzer? Is that Budenholzer? How do you Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer. Okay, I, I had Call that. him Bud. Bud? Coach Bud? Coach Bud. Or Coach Casey? Ooh. Just as a coach themselves or with their teams? Oh, what, or who, who will, yeah, who's going to um, provide more for their team in the first year? Who's going to do a better job? That doesn't wow. necessarily mean more wins. No, I know what you mean. I think... The Pistons have more room for improvement. The Bucks were closer to their ceiling no. than the Pistons were. No. I think. No way. They made the playoffs and the Pistons didn't. Yeah, but they made the playoffs as the they were the seventh seed? Yeah. Ugh. That's closer to with, their ceiling than the Pistons were, which was I mean, they were ninth. With I mean obviously he's not an all star. He could be an all star point guard. Eric Bledsoe. There's another one. You, Once he, if he again, if he wants to try on defense, maybe. If, if what do you mean, Eric Bledsoe? And if you're talking steals per minute on the court, steals is just one part of it, though. They have defensive metrics for everything. This is true, but I mean, the guy forces a lot of turnovers. But I'm I'm saying I think Dwayne Casey has more room to elevate the Pistons. Than Budenholzer does the Bucks. I don't think so. I think the Bucks are more of a known commodity. They are. Um, That's why I think they have less of a deviation chance with their win total. Where I don't think their ceiling to floor is as spread out as it is for the Pistons. Um, obviously, we're not expecting it to happen. There could be some. There could still be some big moves made as far as this Bucks roster. And and like what? What would you want to see? I mean, I'm just talking trades and, and things of that nature. I have no idea. I have no idea what the possibilities are endless, aren't they? I guess. Um, we, weren't we talking several months ago, or maybe several weeks, I don't know, about someone saying Carmelo Anthony needed to go to the Pistons? I mean, anything's yeah, possible. Yeah, that nonsense, I shot that down. Anything's you possible. <laughs> well, it didn't happen, so was it really possible? This Bucks team has a chance to win more than 50 games this year. I would agree with that, so, but I don't so, think they will. And and if Coach Bud did that, I mean, that would be it'd be a good improvement. That'd be quite the accomplishment I, I, for a first I, year coach. I just look at what Casey did last year in Toronto, and it's not fair to compare his situation with Bud's because Atlanta was one of the worst rosters in the NBA. So I'm not saying that's his fault, but I'm saying he took an already established playoff team and elevated them with pretty much the same players by changing their offensive philosophy, putting guys in different situations. You're talking when he first got there. No, I'm talking about from the beginning of the 2017-18 season. He oh. changed that how they played. He had DeMar DeRozan take more threes, become more efficient, and that changed them, changing the team without changing the players, essentially. That's tough to do as a coach because you say, well, if we want to get better, I need different players. He figured out a way to get better with the same players, and then they had the best record in the East. So that's why I have confidence in him. LeBron's gone, so he doesn't have to worry about that because that was basically the only thing that stood in the way of the Raptors and being always considered one of the top teams in the East. Who's going to win the Central? The Bucks. The Pacers no. look pretty good. They I do. liked their the offseason. The I think it's going to be close between the Bucks and the Pacers. Pistons will be third. That's fair. Then the Bulls, then the Cavs. No, no, then the Cavs and the Bulls. This is a, this is interesting. Um, obviously, I'm going with Coach Bud. I think he's going to really take this team to places it hasn't been to in a long time. Uh, Giannis is still coming into his own. but He's looking huge. You know, you see oh, those yeah. off-season pictures? And, and for the last two off-seasons, he's come back significantly. Mm -hmm. And he still has a few more years yeah, he's only 23. I think, to go, yeah. 
He'll turn 24 during this season, mm-hmm. I believe. But who? What's your score on that Packers Lions game? Oh my gosh, we're going back to this already. Well, yeah, you, we didn't. We never finished. I don't know. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Packers break the Lions. Hearts. There you go. Got that it. That doesn't mean I like it. Didn't I say thirty-four twenty-four? Ah, uh, who knows? Thirty-one twenty-one. Packers in the bank, earning interest. Does it matter? Thank you, Ted Davis. No, it matters. I think with the Bucks, going back to our original conversation, if Boonholzer t- can find a better defensive system for them because they have the dudes to be one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Certainly. Jason Kidd could not figure it out they for the were. life of him. They were one of the best not defensive teams in the NBA. for a whole season, That's why I got fired. In 2015, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about now. They were better last season than they were in 2015, but they weren't as good on defense. Watch for the Bucks to have three All-Stars this year. Chris Middleton going to get to his first All-Star game. Eric Bledsoe being an All-Star. Giannis. Giannis is a given. Those are three. That is a big it's wide three. open this year. That is a big, big three right there. That is a... And as far as the East, that'll Bucks are going to finish second, second or third in the East this year. Yep, I think fourth or fifth is a good landing spot. No, at least they third. have that ceiling. But I just there's just something always about them that I cannot trust yet. Paces aren't catching anybody by surprise this year. No, They're not that's true. Be as good as we, nobody's going to be surprised by the Bucks. Yeah, they'll be mm. they'll be surprised with this. Now you, by the Giannis is the cat is out of the bag with Giannis. People know he's good now. Yeah, well, he's going to surprise some people with an outside jumper this year. Ooh, okay, that's going to break some hearts right there. All right, well, it's going to break some hearts that we are out of time too. I like what you did there. Yeah. Thanks again, Charlie. Well, you're the pro. That's why you're on that side of the desk. I'm on this exactly. side. Exactly, and that's how it will stay. You, you, that's how what you hope. Okay, we're you're listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.